Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Big Apple on Broad, a weekly podcast about New York and Philadelphia professional sports, keeping you up to date on everything there is to know about your favorite teams. Now, here are your hosts, Danny Ryan and Connor Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Big Apple on Broad, our Philadelphia versus New York sports podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ryan, joined alongside my co-host, Connor Brown, and we have two special guests today lining up with what's going to happen this week in Philadelphia and New York sports. Justin Locke, a Philadelphia sports fan, right across from me, and Sam Prince, a diehard New York Giants and really diehard New York fan to my left. Boys, thank you for joining the podcast here today. Of course. Thanks for having us. Let's go Giants. Figured you were gonna let's go, that. Eagles. Yeah, so we got some division already as we, we start don't. off here in just the first like 20 seconds of the show. And I mean, if you didn't already get the gist at this point, a lot of this week's show is going to be based off the Giants at Eagles divisional round matchup in Philadelphia. A big week of football coming up between Philadelphia fans and New York Giants fans. But before we hop into that, I do want to talk a little bit about how we got here and what happened during Super Wild Card Weekend quickly breezing through these games. Seattle, they traveled to San Francisco to face the 49ers and were trampled after halftime. 41-23 is the final score. 49ers advance to face uh, an opponent, which we'll mention a little bit later to cap off the wildcard weekend results. Chargers, they traveled to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars and held a 27-0 lead almost at halftime. Five minutes and 30 seconds left until halftime. They ended up blowing that in the second half, scoring three total second-half points. Jaguars mount the unreal comeback, 31-30. to How did you feel about Trevor Lawrence going to Waffle House after the game? Uh, Yeah, see, when I saw that, I was, like, waiting for you to catch drift of it because I knew it would have been sent right into the group chat. For those that don't know, probably the majority of the listeners don't know, I, I took a bit of a hate to Waffle House when we Deservedly were— Deservedly so. I, I took a bit of a, some slander to Waffle House when we were towards a southern state, and— uh, well, I, I just didn't want to stop to get Waffle House and do a whole sit-down thing, and it kind of took a lot of offense to it, and understandably so. People well, who love Waffle House love their Waffle House. But, like, it's not like a Waffle House is, is everywhere. No. You know, when you see one, it's like a unicorn. You got you to gotta stop. You got to look at it. You have to enjoy it. Everything that has to offer, and I mean, yeah, no, I'm still upset about the Waffle House incident. We, we have to get to one before this uh, school year gets out. I'd be down. Just like I have nothing against Waffle House on the record. I think it would probably produce out great food. I haven't been to one in a while, so I can't say off of recent experience. But just for the trip at that time, I wanted to keep it going, get back to the state of New Jersey. And uh, I created an enemy that day in the form of Connor Brown. But continuing from the Jaguars, as Connor brought up Trevor Lawrence to the Waffle House, all the way over to Buffalo, New York. The Miami Dolphins traveled to frigid Buffalo to face the Buffalo Bills with Skylar Thompson, their third-string quarterback, starting that game for Tua Tagovailoa and Teddy Bridgewater. And he made it a game, that's for sure. Josh Allen ended up throwing two picks. Final score in that one from Buffalo, 34-31 to Bills, as they narrowly edge out the Dolphins, who were down man by a lot. Switching over to a game I'm sure you're all waiting to talk about. You all... Uh, referring to Connor and Sam. Giants at Vikings, they travel to Minneapolis and defeat the Vikings 31-24 to after an enormous day for quarterback Daniel Jones. 300-plus passing yards. He had a field day at the office and overall trampled that lackluster Vikings secondary. And I'll let you guys throw a few pieces in. Yeah, there's no way we're going to just you know glide past the fact that the Giants won their first playoff game since 2011 when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I, it... I don't know how to describe it. It feels amazing. I mean, I was 11 years old at the time. 
Connor, I was nine when they won the Super Bowl. That's what I mean. Like, I know you guys are younger than me, so I'm just like sitting here not having, like, I, I remember the 07 and 11. Do you guys remember, remember much of 07? The, the Tyree catch. You remember the Tyree catch? Yeah. All right. Well, like 07 was like the first year I started following football. So I got off to this great start, you know, rooting for the Giants. In the better half of a decade, it's been the exact opposite. So, I mean, Sam, yeah, I'm going to let you take it over and just give me your thoughts on, on, on the win. It felt great, man. It felt it, great. It felt like a dream. I did not believe they were going to win this game until the clock struck zero. Final score, Giants 31 Minnesota Vikings 24. I thought for some reason the Vikings were going to come back. They were going to pull up some miracle, convert the fourth down, then they were going to get in the end zone, then they were going to get they, they were going to win in overtime. We, I was like, I've seen this before. I've seen the, the Giants blow. I'm like, it, it had the Slayton drop in the fourth quarter. Whatever. The horrible Dexter Lawrence. The rough in the past. I'm like, okay, this is Giants football. They're going to blow yep. it. it. These games where the Giants could have been in the playoffs before or won bigger games, Slayton has always dropped the ball. I'm like, this is just. A piece of the puzzle piece of the Giants disaster, but it was not a giant disaster. It wasn't. I mean, I, I got to give it up to Daniel Jones, too. He earned some money this weekend. I mean, he went 24-35, 301, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a rushing touchdown wiped off the board as well to go along with 17 rushes for 78 yards. I mean, he was an absolute dynamic threat out there against the Vikings, who, it has to be noted, one of the worst secondaries in the league, probably top three worst guys were running open in the middle of the field all day. It was just, it, it, it was made up for the Giants to win. Well, speaking of the Vikings defense there, they just fired the defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel. I mean, you had to fire him after that oh, yeah. abysmal performance. It was. And offensively too. I mean, the Vikings have some elite players and I consider them an elite offense. Would, would you guys agree with me on that? It's hard yeah. to have Justin Jefferson and not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dalvin Cook there. I mean, you just don't, you, you decide not to use Justice Jefferson in the fourth quarter, but that's, you know, that's just up to Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings staff. Well, to me that it's all up to, to wing Martindale, really the game plan that they implemented to stop Justin Jefferson. This, this was the least amount of times that they blitzed in a game this year. That's what Martindale's defense is known for. That's what the Giants defense has been known for this whole season. So to, kind of draw back on that and implement some type of different strategy to to really neutralize Jefferson. It was an awesome game plan, I thought. I like Wink a lot, but the problem is we've had in the past, he blitzed too much. And he's learned, and you, you, you have a combination. Well, yeah, at the same time, though, like I don't want him to abandon that because that, that's what a lot of it has gotten us to this point. It was just him realizing in the first matchup where, I mean, Jefferson... Torched us. I mean, he had, he, he, he had 10 for, for 120. This time he knew in order to beat the Vikings, we have to neutralize Jefferson. So for much of the game, they were playing inside-out coverage on him. And the Vikings didn't take advantage of that. I mean, they almost did with TJ Hawkinson, who just decides to have monster games against the Giants. Oh, yeah. reminds like how out there. The Giants <laughs> haven't been able to, to cover a tie, uh, tight end since I was in my diapers. So <laughs> it, it, it was it had all the makings, like you said, though, uh, before, Sam, of, of somehow the Giants losing. And it felt just so good to finally watch those final seconds tick off. I mean, the last time the Giants won a, a playoff game, the iPhone 4 was the iPhone at the time. We've had three presidents. Hurricane Sandy. Browns have had like 20 different starting quarterbacks. Cowboys still haven't won a ring. Which oh, yeah, cool. of course. But just the fact that it's taken this long, I didn't even realize it until it happened. And I'm just glad it's over. Yeah, I mean, Connor mentioned it to me. Or actually, I mentioned it to Connor in the executive staff room here at Rowan Radio. 
that I had no idea that it was their first playoff win since 2011. I thought maybe they had snagged one in between there at some point. What a win for the New York football giants. And I was sitting at home in my apartment. Connor wasn't there. He was at his parents for the weekend, understandably so. You want to watch it with your uh, parentals and your family. And when that play happened to Slayton where he drops the ball on the slant route, a part of me just broke for Connor. Like, I sat there and I thought... What is Connor going through right now? What emotions is he going through? Sam, it broke a little bit for you too, but I've seen it firsthand, week in and week out, the Giants ripping this man's heart out. And so I saw that and immediately texted him. First thing I said was, Daniel Jones has earned a ton of respect from me. Second thing was, that slate drop is brutal. And I, it, you're right, it had all the, the writing on the wall to become another Giants collapse, and it didn't. And so congratulations. Soak it in while you can, because those Eagles are coming. Okay, this Eagle batch against the Giants is going to be closer than you think. And I said that before we went on air. And also, Danny, I want to point something out. Are you secretly a Giants fan because you felt for <laughs> Connor and me? I know. You, I mean, if you're rooting for the Giants secretly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody was rooting for the Giants secretly. You feel for someone. I felt for Connor Brown after what had been ripped out of his heart all season So, long. yeah, it's been going on at the apartment that there, we, we suspect Danny might be a bit of a closeted Giants fan. I don't know where this is stemming from. He is. I don't. How it, am I a closeted Giants fan? No, it's cool because, I mean, you have the same name as, as, you know, as, as, our, quarterback. as our quarterback. So I, I feel like you identify with him. But, no, hey, that's fine. I, I, I If you know behind closed doors how much praise I, I give to Eagle players to – You'd probably think I was an Eagle fan as well. Uh, before we jump off this topic, though, about just talking about the Giants, uh, before we get back to them, you know, talking about the preview with the Eagles, I think all the credit in the world for what the Giant turnaround has been is Brian Dable and Mike Kafka after that tied to the Commanders, putting the keys in the hand of Daniel Jones and letting him really lead the offense and not just be a quarterback who you look at as someone to not lose you the game, but a guy who couldn't actually go out there and win you a game. And I feel like there's a yep. huge distinction between the two and all the credit in the world goes to both coaches, Kafka and Dable, and then Daniel Jones himself. And honestly, that's why I think I earned respect for him because that was the one time where I watched a Giants game and I was like, this man is winning them this game. Like he looks electric out there. He's pushing all the right buttons. And when he has to, he's gaining yards on the ground to extend plays. That's why, honestly, I think, you know, he gained a lot of respect for me. And uh, I, I think they don't win that game, honestly, without his rushing ability at all. I don't think yeah. they do. I, I think that he was able to extend plays that just led to better plays. And overall, the Giants look good. Not a closeted Giants fan. I'm just going to clarify that I, one I, more time. I, I think you are. It was a nice win over the one of the worst secondaries in the league. And uh, uh, you you're going to face a good secondary this week. A little backhanded compliment. Oh, I'll take it, though. <laughs> Anything at this point. I, I, I have no pressure on me as, as a Giant fan right now. I'm just looking forward to a really good game on Saturday. So am I. I think, as Sam mentioned, it's going to be a little bit closer than people imagine. And before we just dive into this topic for the entirety of the podcast, I do want to uh, list out the two final wild card games that resulted in victories. One for the Bengals. They defeat the Ravens at home. Close game. A lot closer than people thought. Tyler Huntley made it a game. 24-17 is the final in favor of the Bengals. And then on Monday night, prime time, the Cowboys traveled to Tampa and dismantled the, well, it looked like talentless Buccaneers when they played. Tom Brady may have played his final game in an NFL uniform. We'll see. Cowboys 31, Buccaneers. 14 and that wraps up wildcard weekend all right boys let's get into the thick of things and finally just dive completely into the philadelphia eagles versus the new york giants divisional round matchup this week in philadelphia pennsylvania 8 15 p.m sam you're gonna be there i'm gonna be there on some work duty but of course uh, of course work duty but we'll both be cheered for our respective teams yeah yeah just keeping our, our fan 
deep down in our uh, but in our souls. but you, you know if the Giants do win if you when you pick me up I will be blasting New York Groove. <sighs> yeah, you'll get out of my car if you do that. <laughs> I, you're lucky the, you're getting a ride, pal. The second the second you drop me off, I at two in the morning. Yeah. I will be blasting New York Groove. Yeah, now the second I, he try, gets dropped at, at Road University, you'll hear it. All right, so, I mean, fair enough. As you should celebrate. Personally, I like the My Way by Frank Sinatra a little more. So it you know goes what? with the Giants' <sighs> Our Way motto. That uh, you know, I've been doing have. New York Groove all season long. I'm not going to change it. Hey, you know, you do what, what fits you. I'll just do my you know things my way. I'm not going to lie. I tuned into your live on Sunday, and it was like a few hours after the Giants game, and Connor had just walked in the door from his parents, and I go, oh my God, Sam Prince is on live video singing, back in the New York Groove. <laughs> back. You were loving that, but on a real note, though, let's just dive into the key factors for this upcoming game on Saturday. It's going to be a lot, and I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than people originally thought, you know, due to the regular season matchups, the one blowout the Eagles had on the Giants, and then obviously now more people are leaning towards the Giants' way because of how the Eagles looked in Week 18 against the Davis Webb-led offense. I'll ask you, Justin, first, and we'll get your input as a fellow Philadelphia Eagles fan. What are you expecting on Saturday? What do you think both teams respectively are going to have to do to come out with a victory? I think for the Giants to win, I think Daniel Jones has to put up a similar performance than he did last Sunday. Um, Because if not, I don't think it'll be... I I think it'll be close. I think it'll probably be maybe a 28-21 final. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But for the Eagles, I mean, they'd have to get the pieces back, which they have. Lane Johnson, I believe, is playing. Jalen Hurts coming off the shoulder injury, of course. I mean, if they play like they did the first 11 weeks of the season... It's, it should be an Eagles win. I mean, this season, I, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Eagles. I That's what I would say. And the Giants have already executed expectations. If they win this game, then they're going to be in a good spot going against either the 49ers or the Cowboys. So, And I'll swing it over to you now, Connor. I mean, you're obviously probably already have the blueprint of what a Giants victory should look like on Saturday. You've probably thought about it that much this entire week. So take me through what you think both teams are going to have to do to come out of that stadium with a victory. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely spent a lot of time kind of just thinking about how the Giants are going to be able to win this game. And I think if I'm being modest, very modest, if the Giants were to play the Eagles 10 times, I think Eagles would probably win seven, seven of those. So the Giants would, you know, win either 30% of the time or but whatever. But that 30% of the time could happen this game. Well, that that's what I mean. And I, I don't even like connecting dots to the past because oh. I've seen some 07, even a little bit of an 11 talk about road warriors and stuff like that. The, the makeups of, of both teams to me aren't, they don't compare enough. I mean, they, they don't, um, they don't match enough. I, I should say um, you do have like a young quarterback and a really good coaching staff, but I mean that giants 07 team still had some offensive weapons. And this is something the giants have a very scarce amount of, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins has really stepped up. Uh, Richie James, he scares the living you know what out of me every time he's carrying the ball because it looks like to me he can only carry half half the football at a time. His forearms are so small. Uh, Kenny Galladay might get you a big block here and there. You definitely have to rely on Saquon Barkley on this one. But the big thing for the Giants to have any type of chance, and that's why I don't feel totally awful, you know, maybe even picking them to win, is not turning the ball over. And if Daniel Jones can just keep on doing what he's been doing in, in that aspect of the game, He's obviously still going to have to play like he did against Minnesota, make some big-time throws, like that throw that he made to Hodgins on the sideline. But as long as he doesn't turn over the ball, the Giants will have somewhat of a chance Saturday night. I just want to point something out here. For the Eagles, one of the reasons why they were winning was 
their office line. And Lane Johnson, I'll just look at the injury report from today's practice for the Eagles. Lane Johnson fully played. So that's going to be a big factor for you guys. Yeah. We'll see what happens with him because Jalen Hurts, he's still getting back. He looked looked terrible against the Giants week 18. I'm going to put it out there. No, 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 no. I mean... No, no, no. Yeah. He looked bad. Week 18 against the third stringers. Yeah, I get the third stringers. Let's just put that out there. Uh-huh. And don't give me the middle school offense. Like all Eagles, we've read a middle school offense. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, I, he didn't I, I run kinda, the ball like once. And yeah, that's his bread that's and butter. So. I, tend to, I tend to agree kind of with, with the Eagles side on this, where you're going into last game of the season. You're still playing for something. You're playing for the number one seed. But you know that you're talented enough that as long as you don't put Jalen in a spot to hurt himself mm-hmm. in that game, you're still probably going to squeak out with, with, with a W. But, I mean, the fact still stands, though, that it was a close game at the end. Yeah, and I didn't like that it was a close game at the end at all. I thought that, you know, definitely played down to the competition a little bit because, let's be honest, the Giants weren't playing majority of their starters. And so you don't have to put your full effort out there and risk one of your key players getting injured, as Connor mentioned, Jalen Hurts. But at the same time, you can't be risking the NFC in the fourth quarter due to a Davis Webb comeback. I mean, when Kenny Galladay had that grab and I saw it live and in person, I just thought that I was streaming at first because I was like, that doesn't happen. That that yeah. just doesn't happen. How did that just happen? And so, you know, it, Con- what Connor says is valid because they're not going to play to their full extent and they know they're a talented enough football team that if they play 65 70%, they're going to get the win. And so if they play like that, I'm going to continue this. If they play like that on Saturday then it's not a fluke. They weren't playing down to their competition and they're in trouble because you're right. They can't play like that. Jalen Hurts is going to have to be the runner he was all season long. And it was his left shoulder that got sprained. The one he lowers to try and get extra yards uh, first down. And so we'll see if that shoulder's back to 100%. If it's not, I don't think it's going to limit his rushing ability a ton because at the end of the day, he's only using it to get those extra yards for the first down. But it would have every Eagles fan and probably every coaching uh, staff member on the Eagles sideline just scared every time he takes a hit because we don't know. Only the, the Eagles know how healthy he is. So I just, I just think that Hurts, of course, has to run the ball. Good amount. I mean, I think Daniel Jones what seventeen rushes this past this past week. I mean, two of them kneels. But yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so fifteen rushes. I mean. Hertz has got to do similar to that, even maybe even more, maybe get a hundred yards rushing from Hertz would be amazing for us. But if not, I mean, even Saquon Barkley had two touchdowns himself. I mean, they got to stop Saquon. They got to they got to stop Daniel Jones from running the ball. I mean, if, the Eagles don't have an easy win here. It's not oh we're looking ahead to the Super Bowl like we're looking ahead. We still got to play the Giants this week, and if we win, we got to play the Cowboys or the 49ers, which is not easy regardless. So it's going to be up in the air, really. You know, Day mentioned like with. Kenny Galladay and Connor did too. I have criticized Kenny Galladay all year long. I just want to point out, I want to give him a compliment here. That block he had mm-hmm. to let Saquon have the touchdown. Without that block for Saquon's second touchdown of the game, I don't think the Giants with the game. I don't, he didn't score on that one, but it, it, it was it, a huge. It, it was like it was like a 10, 15 yard play. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact still remains that, you know, despite getting pushed down on the depth chart, getting paid all this money, all the fans have been, you know, in his face this year. The fact that he's still willing to do that, you know, that, that, that tells me that not only is he like a decent guy, but also that the giants have really started to build this, this culture that you just you, you he's hear a, about all the time in the NFL. Oh, you need to build a culture. It, then, then build it. You know, it, he, like it, it's not something that you can just say, we're going to do it. It takes time. And the fact that, Dable and Shane have really done it in not a lot of time. It's pretty cool, and it gives me a lot of hope moving forward. 
you know, Kenny G is a team player. So look, <laughs> if he's got to do something, he's got to, he's got to block. He's got to catch a ball. He's got to motivate someone. That's what he'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna have a huge impact on Saturday though. They're going to need every, I mean, every man they can get. Yeah. Cause if you go by each position group, I mean, team by team, the Giants only edge out the Eagles in the running back position, which is arguably one of the least important in the modern NFL, especially, you know, on offense. But that's why you play the game uh, on Saturday. So I think a big storyline is definitely going to be Jalen Hurts's shoulder and how it holds up in the game. Because obviously right now he's fine, not taking a lot of contact on the sidelines yeah. and in practice and stuff. But what is going to happen when he takes that first big hit or where he tries to initiate you know that shoulder trying to get some extra yards for the for the first down that's why you never want to see a guy hurt that's why i think some giant fans are hopeful is that once you get into the game hurts might re-aggravate that 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 injury which can happen from just any type of normal hit i'm not talking about some you know malicious stuff where he actually gets a new injury but i think that's where some of the giants fan hope is that maybe he isn't 100% in the game and they can really stop that that running ability of his, which makes him so dynamic. And if you shut down that, mm-hmm. then the Giants, there's an avenue there for them to win the game. And I think the game really is going to be all based on how successful the passing game is, more specifically to A.J. Brown and even Dallas Goddard. I mean, if you can get a tight end moving like Dallas Goddard when you saw what T.J. Hawkinson did last week against the Giants, I mean, that would be huge. But it all depends on how fluent that passing game is going. And you brought up a good point there, too. If you were to re-aggravate that shoulder, he was actually asked in an interview this week if you know how he felt about Giants players maybe targeting. You're not in a bad way like it's a bad culture, but it's just known in the NFL. If a guy has an injury, you want to re-aggravate it and get him out of the game, especially if he's as talented as Jalen Hurts. What do you guys think about that? Do you think Giants players, not with malicious hits, but going to be trying to go towards that shoulder area? Because let's be honest, Gardner Minshew is not beating the Giants. I, I really don't think so. Why would a player want to get another player injured? And that's um, that's what I'm saying, though. It's not as though it's a malicious hit, but players it, do it, that it, in the NFL to try and get their best player out of the game. Yeah, but it's just a violent sport. You know what I mean? Like the the, the macho man, you want to be the biggest, baddest guy in town. So I, I think that's just where it comes from. I don't think they're going to have it set in their head to deliberately go out there and you know in, you know re-injure him. But it might be, you know, in their minds when they're, when they're making a tackle and they see him, you know, lower that shoulder, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I might put a little extra pressure here. Cause, That's what I'm saying. And it's one of those injuries, too, where it, it can be easily re-aggravated. It's oh, it is it, a sprain. I mean. Yeah, but the, those last for a long time. Yeah. And especially when you're in a contact sport like that, it, it's more than likely going to flare up at some point. So, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think guys, you know, deliberately try to go and, and, and take yeah. another, you know, man's living from them because that, that's what they do you know that, that's that's a part of it too that we forget sometimes is like tell us it was sports it was for fun this is what they do for a living so yeah you know you don't go into another man's office and you know take his chair away from him and yeah. take everything off his desk i don't know any type of metaphor for that but <laughs> you, you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. you, you never thought of doing that so i i don't think that they had that type of uh you know bounty mentality yeah we'll, we'll see how i mean not that i'm saying it's going to happen but it could happen accidentally as well on a routine tackle. Who knows? I mean, any way to get Jalen Hurts out of the game is 
going to be a game plan for the Giants, even if it's intercepting him, getting him on the sideline. And so if his running game isn't where it's supposed to be, because let's just say the shoulder either acted up mid-game or it's not fully healed and he doesn't want to risk it for the rest of the playoffs, it's all going to come down to Shane Steichen and how he can establish the running game with Miles Sanders. And also, as I mentioned before, the passing game, how he can mix you know the two of them, the play action, running the ball with Miles Sanders, because over the last few weeks of the season, Miles Sanders was criminally slept on. I mean, they didn't even hand him the ball, I believe, 10 or 15 times in one game. And it's just, you have one of the top running backs in the league due to the offensive line, due to the guys you have blocking, and you're not using him to establish a tempo. They can't afford to do that on Saturday. It just can't happen because a team like the Giants who have nothing to lose and everything to win there, they're going to take advantage of those of those mistakes. And so, uh, Justin, I'll throw it to you. You've obviously seen the Eagles play this year. You see when they just abandon the run game completely for no reason. They'll start the game throwing it like seven straight times. Do you think they can survive this game if they start off with that offensive game plan? I, I personally don't think so. I don't think so either. I think Sanders has to get involved. I mean, you said 10 to 15 carries he wasn't even getting that last couple of weeks. I mean, if he gets 10 carries and he does, say, 50 yards, I mean, we just need to get the run game moving in general. And Something, if, we, if yeah. we don't do that, I mean, if Hertz is not fully healthy as we're speculating here, then it's going to be a problem because if Goddard doesn't make a big play or A.J. Brown doesn't make a big play, it's going to be, you're going to need big plays. I mean, it's, it's the playoffs. I mean, most of the time, unless you're in a, a purdy type offense where you can just get into big weapons, big, like the weapons aren't, there, there's weapons on Eagles. The Giants, they don't have the big names, but they they went into Minneapolis and they, they won the game. I mean, Daniel Jones, of course, but it's scary. If, I mean, Eagles were the favorite to like, I mean, obviously the Chiefs are a big team to get into the Super Bowl. But from the NFC side, it's Philadelphia was the best record in the, uh, in the NFC for the entire season. Obviously, the Vikings got upset last week. They were big. And now 49ers had entry problems, Cowboys. So, yeah, I mean, Eagles have a lot, of, a lot of issues to try to figure out. And if they don't do it, then... Giants could pull it out. And one, one name, I'm sorry, just, you, you go on your point afterwards, but one name we haven't brought up is Saquon Barkley yeah. and what he did against Minnesota. I mean, he, he did exactly what you want Saquon to do. Uh, I love seeing him get 25-plus carries in, in the regular season just because I like to see a running back work a little bit. But I don't know, like, that's really what you want Saquon to be. And the fact that they were able to get him over 100 total yards through 14 touches, five receptions, nine rushing, and he still had an impact on the game with those two touchdowns. He looks like he has that that burst from the beginning of the season that towards the middle and end of the season didn't really seem like it was there as much. So he seems rested. And that second touchdown that he had where he ran through former Giants defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson, Took him for a ride from the three-yard line into the end zone. I mean, that it, it just can't be overstated how powerful of a run that was. And to see him balling out in a playoff game after all the bad stuff that's gone on since he's been drafted by them, it, it was just really cool to see Saquon ball out. And I think he's going to be a major factor, obviously, in this one being you guys have all, a lot of toys. We kind of just have Saquon and a, you know, a couple of building blocks and stuff like that. And I think that's where really a lot of my praise for the Giants from Saturday comes from, just because of the pure shock factor. I did not expect that team to look that good, more specifically the quarterback and the running back. That might be the best I've seen Saquon play. Little game. All year. All year, probably. So yeah. he looked like... I'm not going to go as far to say Penn State Saquon, but rookie year Saquon for sure. And I liked how they only got him 14 touches yeah. in a win. Just so you save him now for, you know, tougher opponents like the Eagles, where you're really going to need to rely on your elite playmakers to make plays. Yeah, and it just, 
the kind of bounce and pure acceleration he had on Saturday was just, it surprised me a bit because I'm like, okay, if we do play this guy, he's looking like he's back in, you know, top form. So we'll see how that works out. World class. Yeah. world. He's looking world class out there. Um, pure academics. <laughs> we'll see, though. I mean, the Eagles, to their credit as well, they do hold the fewest yards gained per pass or fewest yards allowed per pass on the defensive side with five and a half yards allowed per pass. I think it's really going to come down to, as you mentioned, they didn't run Saquon into the ground on Saturday. Can they involve him into the passing game when, you know, let's be honest, some of their less talented receivers aren't open. I think if they can establish that, it's going to be very, very competitive. And we'll see how the Eagles try and combat that. As a fellow Eagle fan yourself, Justin, you know that Jonathan Gannon has not been perfect this year. He's at times blitzing when he doesn't have to, not blitzing when he has to running weird formations. I mean, ever since he lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson, a, a step kind of was taken back. He has him back now, but we'll see the rotations he does with Jordan Davis in the game. They don't use him a lot, but he's going to stuff the run, and we know that. Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue. We'll even see if they'd run a spy, you know, with Kaiser White and Kobe Dean on Daniel Jones. We'll, we'll see all of that stuff, and I'm intrigued to see how he adapts because <laughs> I can't understate it. He did not look great this year he's getting a lot of head coaching offers but he did not look as great as people are thinking you know making him out to be so we'll see how you know it happens and how it works the point i did want to mention too before you talked about saquon that number on miles sanders uh and not getting a let's just say 11 or more attempts per game that happened four times in the final i believe five weeks of the season no four times in the final six weeks of the season wow. it happened 10 rushes against the Titans, 11 against the Bears, 12 against the Saints, 11 against the Giants. Week 18, I'll give it to you, but it happened just two weeks prior, 12 rushes against the Commanders in that loss. They don't run them enough, and they have them there for a reason. If they're not going to re-sign them, which it's a selfish way to think, you might as well get the most out of them as you can, and they haven't been doing that. So just something to keep an eye on for Saturday. So who do you guys think, we're, I, I want to go around and get everyone's thoughts on this. You know, who's who's going to be an X factor uh, come Saturday night? You know, you obviously have like the big names and stuff like that. But, if you know, just who, who do you think potentially for both sides could be a game wrecker and, you know, change it in the direction of their team? I would say uh, for the Giants, I would say Hodgins is probably the X factor because he had a great game. I think eight eight receptions for 105 yards. I think he had, and I believe he had an injury going into that game, and he still played. Oh, he got an injury after that. Yeah, he has a he has a busted up ankle. I saw a picture on social media too. It's all like black and blues. Yeah. So I mean, for him to get a big day, I mean, is he going to have another big day? They might need it for the Eagles. Uh, I mean, the X factor I would say is AJ Brown. I mean, it's kind of receivers against receivers. I mean, you always have to be like, okay, why did the team lose? And was it the defense's fault? Was it the offense's fault? And of course, the Giants shut down Jefferson last week. Had I think forty-seven yards. So, got like AJ Brown. If, if the Giants shut down AJ Brown, then it's gonna be hard to win. I mean, unless Hurts goes for big numbers or Miles Sanders gets a lot of carries, it's going to be really hard. So I would say Hodgins and I would say A.J. Brown. And I'm hoping if that does happen that they get Devonta Smith involved a lot yeah. because he kind of takes a back seat when A.J.'s having one of those big days, understandably so. But there's some games this season where you look at the box score and you're like, wait, they both had 100 plus yards in receiving? Like, what happened there? So he can do it too. And I know they don't, they haven't forgotten that, but if AJ does end up getting shut down as the number one receiver on the team, you have Devonta Smith, you have Dallas Goddard. I don't really want to use him that much, but you have Quez Watkins. You know, he's yep. got his uh, ball protection issues and just to throw my X factor for each team. I think for the Giants, you made a good pick there in Hodgins because he's the heart and soul of that receiving core right now. I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau though. And I think I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau because if the offensive line isn't playing up to par for the Eagles, we 
we've seen what he can do. I mean, it's yep. you can't sugarcoat his talent. And so if he's explosive off that defensive line, it's going to be trouble for Jalen Hurts. And now that factor of can he still run? Is he healthy enough to run and take some hits will come into play if Thibodeau has a big day. But for the Eagles, it's very basic, but it's Jalen Hurts. It is. How healthy yep. is he? How well can he perform? And if he's not performing well, the other X factor is how good is this coaching staff really? And you're going to see that on Saturday. Danny, I appreciate the love for Kayvon Thibodeau. You? No way. It's almost like you announced his pick or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you know the guy. I, did, oh I did, yeah. But you know what? I wasn't going to say Hodges. I wasn't going to say Kayvon. I'm not going to copy any answers. I'm going to go with Dexter Lawrence here. Mm -hmm. Dexter Lawrence is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Second team all pro. Just want to give this a little shout out. He torched the Vikings last week. To absolutely torch them. If he can do that against a not up to 100% Jalen Hurts, and who knows if how good this offensive line is going to play with not a fully healthy Lane Johnson, he could have a monster game, and that could lead to some big third down stops and eventually get the Giants the ball to score. I, I mean, that's going to be my favorite one-on-one -on -one matchup that, uh, on Saturday. It's going to be watching Jason Kelsey go up against Dexter Lawrence. I, I appreciate Yeah, Jason Kelsey. But I have to give my X factor for the Eagles. Boston Scott. Yeah, I was going to mention him in my last spiel, but I didn't want to take any spotlight away. I, I must don't, be shivering right I don't now. remember the stat he has. Majority of his touchdowns are against the Giants. 10, 10 of 17. 10 of his 17 career touchdowns. Career. career is Three. against the New York Giants. Yep. You gotta you gotta think Coach Sariana is gonna be getting him the ball. We were talking about it yesterday, um, Connor and our roommate Dave. They're probably just going to throw him in at the goal line if they have the opportunity just to get him an 11th giant touchdown because he's been labeled as the giant killer. And you know the quote a little bit better than I do. Your defensive coordinator was asked about it. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he, he said, um, that was before I got here or something like that. Yeah, he said, that was before I got here. I wouldn't call him a giant killer, just a good running back. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Something along those yeah. lines. And I thought that was pretty hilarious because, like, yeah, it's true. It was before he got there. But they'll probably throw him in if he's not going to get, like, a 15-yard rushing touchdown. If he doesn't have it by the third quarter, they'll throw him in on some goal line stops, but uh, goal line stops, goal line possessions, I should say. But I don't think he's really going to be like this, unless I'm going to be surprised on Saturday, this just monster X factor out there. You're right, though. I mean, it seems every game he's, he's scoring against the Giants. So for my X factor, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm just going to pick one. Okay, It's going to involve both teams. It's going to take a little bit from, from your guys with your Giants picks. To me, the X factor is just going to be who wins the trenches this Saturday night yeah. because that's really going to dictate the, the game. Daniel Jones, a lot of his rushing attempts weren't on design runs. They were on design pass plays, and he dropped back to pass. And the Giants' offensive line, for the most part, they, they ended up allowing three sacks. They allowed one garbage one up at the end. So really, they allowed two sacks all game. If they can give Daniel Jones time to pass against the Eagles, then not only is he going to be able to maybe find some open receivers downfield, but he's also going to have the ability to know that the play isn't there passing wise and to take off and run and then just flipping it over to, to the Eagles side of things. I mean, they are so talented up front in their front seven, the different guys that they use different, you know, Reddick. Cox, uh, Brandon Graham. Is he healthy now? Yes. Yeah, so I saw he He's was on the injury report it, right? today yeah. and he was limited in practice to do, due to an illness. So it's a good sign that he was back at practice, but now also not a good sign that the first time he was back at practice was Thursday. So yeah. I, I think it's to be decided. We'll see. And, you know, just given the Giants recent O-line issues that, that have plagued them for 
I don't know, better five to 10 years. If the Eagles show up ready to, to rush the passer on Saturday, I mean, the game could get, get ugly pretty quickly because we, we've seen it in the past with the Giants and Daniel Jones. And when you're just not able to block, man, like you, you can't get anything going. And a lot of those third and more longs that they had to convert against the Vikings, you're not going to be able to do that against the Eagles because they're just going to pin their ears back, rush the quarterback. So to me, the game is going to be when in the trenches, Giants O-line is able to hold up, give Daniel Jones some time to pass back there, maybe get some holes for Saquon as well. I have a feeling he's going to be making a lot of his plays out on the perimeter. And then the Eagles, I mean, if they're healthy on the O-line, it's going to be tough for, for the Giants pass rush to get through because they didn't really do that so much last week when they were only rushing four. So I don't have the greatest hope with the Giant pass rush. I'm just hoping that the Eagles, you know, are a little bit more injured than they're leading on to be. And Kayvon can make some some monster plays. I still feel like as a pass rusher, he's very raw, but he's a really smart football player and really intelligent. I love the play that he made last week against the Vikings where that was a tight end screen to uh, Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, and Kayvon like realized it like right away. Broke from the line of scrimmage like a linebacker. Like some people forget he, he's actually listed as a linebacker because I mean, he moves like one. It's one of those Hassan Reddick prototypes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was ma- able to make the tackle downfield. I just, I, I still th- feel like he needs to polish up some of his pass rushing technique to really be that elite pass rusher that he can definitely get to. So I'm here's to just hoping some of the Eagles have some injuries they're not letting on to be. And then just finishing up with the Eagles D-line, because I think that was probably the best position group in all of the NFL this year. I mean, 70 sacks in a season is just absurd. They can come from the edge. They can come from the interior as well. So the game, like most NFL games or football games in general, it's going to be one in the trenches this weekend. If you include Brandon Graham as a healthy participant in Saturday's game, they'll have four defensive linemen with 10 or more sacks, or actually four defensive linemen with 11 or more sacks suiting up for Saturday's game. One of them being the defensive tackle in Javon Hargrave. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. don't <laughs> typically see that. And then looking over at Fletcher Cox, he's got seven sacks. So yeah. like, he used to be one of the most dominant linemen on this team. And now they have just so much talent. I mean, Hassan Reddick with 16 sacks. You basically have two of them considering the stats Hassan Reddick had last year. Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham both put up very similar numbers to Reddick last year. It's just, it, you can't it, emphasize it enough. If their defensive line gets off to a good start in the first half, this one's going to get out of hand. I will say though, you brought up a good point with the offensive line. If Johnson somehow tweaks an injury or isn't 100%, will have to come out for some plays, that right side is going to collapse just a ton. You saw it in the games he wasn't there. It was so evident. The right side was the reason as to why a lot of these pockets were collapsing, and you definitely don't want to see that on Saturday. We're all going to go around the table and give our winning team predictions along with a margin of win, or if you want to go and just say score predictions, so be it. I'll start off. I'm going to go the Philadelphia Eagles, and I've been harping this entire time that it's going to be much closer than people think. And so I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles by 10. I think they get a late field goal to separate themselves more than uh, the true game showed, but I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles by 10. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go with the New York Giants by three points. Okay. I think they're going to win on a last second Graham Gano field goal. He does have a boot. That man, that he is not cool. a And get revenge from the 2017-2018 season when the Eagles beat the New York Giants at the link when Jake Elliott hit a 61-yarder. Oh, that was actually, I think it was... 64 yards. 64. It was a very painful day. I was watching with my friends as an Eagles fan. Just terrible. It wouldn't be the only 60-yard field goal we lose on that season as well. As oh. Graham Gano in the Carolina game also hit a 61-yarder to beat oh. us. And then this year with uh, losing against Greg Joseph, 61-yarder. Yeah. No, it, it, it happens. I but sense a trend here. Yeah. It, it, but you get used to it. Yeah. Just fi- finishing my thoughts here. This will be the first game in 10 years 
Ten the points. Giants beat the Eagles at the link. I respect your prediction, but I wholeheartedly disagree. To you, Justin. All right, I'm going to take the Eagles. I think I'm going to say by seven. I'm going to okay. say it's going to be a tie going into the fourth. Ooh. And I think that it's going to be a Hurts rushing touchdown for the win. Wow. Maybe not the like not maybe not like zero seconds left, but yeah. I would say maybe to, to seal it. I would say Jones will get a, the ball back, and I I just think they're going to get stopped. Yeah, I see. I definitely agree with you there, and I, I definitely. If that happens, I see the Eagles limiting Jones passing yards. That's how they would get to that point. And I think the rushing game, if they're going to be tied ending the third quarter going into the fourth, I think the rushing attack is going to have to explode. But Connor, finish us off. Just, it's good to be back just to start off. It's, it's great to be back in the divisional round, actually winning playoff games. And you know, as I sit here on Thursday, I still have a little of that unbiased to me where I, you know, I'm taking in the Eagles, you know, how well they played all season. And if I had to t- tell you on Thursday who's going to win, probably pick the Eagles. But we're playing on Saturday. And as much as I try not to be unbiased, I don't care who you are. But when it's NFL game day, you're always believing that your team is going to win somehow. I also have the Giants by three. I believe it's going to be a 27-24, 24-21 type ball game. It's going to be a lot closer. I think we've harped on that enough. I I think some people are discrediting how well the Giants have played the past couple weeks. It's not only a scrappy bunch duct taped together, but actually as a solid football team that can win games. I got to go with my G-men. As as much as I want to be fair and say the Eagles, it's big blue all day. With how much we've harped on this is going to be a closer game than people think, watch it just be a blowout either way on Saturday. It's just going to be our luck after we talked about it for nearly an hour. But with that being said, it'll just about wrap us up on this week's episode of Big Apple on Broad, our New York versus Philadelphia sports podcast, previewing everything you need to know about the Eagles versus Giants divisional round matchup this Saturday at 8.15. Thank you all so much for listening. For my co-host, Connor Brown, and our guests today, Justin Locke and Sam Prince, signing off, saying once again, thank you for listening and have a great night. Go Big Blue. Go Giants. You've been listening to Big Apple on Broad with your hosts, Danny Ryan and Connor Brown. Make sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. You can find Big Apple on Broad and every Rowan Radio sports podcast by searching Rowan Radio On Demand Sports wherever you find your favorite podcasts.